Blog Talk Radio. Hey, Joe, how's everything going? Good, good. Uh, I think that's Ron there. Uh, the one's coming yeah, up. We got Ron. Yeah, we got Ron Henderson on the line. So Wait, you want well, to go through our sponsors? Why don't yeah, you go through the sponsors get... first? Yep, we're going to say hello to everybody and then do the sponsors. So hope everybody's doing well. Uh, don't know what day we're on with the quarantine, but... Uh, Hope everyone's doing well. Uh, thank you for joining us, and thank you to our sponsors, the High Barn Bistro in Garfield, New Jersey. They have to-go packages, Precious Memory Video in Kittnersville, Pennsylvania, and KWV Wines out of South Africa. So tonight we have two and guests. And did we get a, um, a T-shirt oh, yeah, the, uh, manufacturer? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, tees for the times. We're, we're not ready to uh, put them up yet, but, uh, yes, I totally forgot. i got to write that down. Tees for the times. Lovely, uh, lovely people, and uh, they uh, have some really great T-shirts, some great things. So you guys have to check it out on the site. That should be happening, hopefully, hopefully within two weeks. So, <laughs> well, with us Excellent. tonight is Mr. Ron Henderson. He is one of the vocalists from Maurice Williams and the Zombies. He was also with the Zodiac. The Zodiac. The Zodiac. What I say, the zombies. I'm so sorry, the guys. Zombie. I'm, I'm exhausted. You're thinking plague. You're thinking no, plague. No, I'm Joanne. exhausted. I'm, I'm exhausted, guys. I apologize, Rodney. I'm so sorry. Maurice Williams and the Zodiacs, and also the chairman of the board. Two of my favorite bands. I mean, they've got great, great songs. You'll oh, know yeah. them. You may not recognize the names of the band, but you'll know the music. So, Mr. Ron Henderson, thank you so much for joining us, sir. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, and thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. It's been a, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. And how are you making out during this crazy time? Well, it's rough and um, it's trying, but um, I do everything that I think I'm supposed to do before I get sick. I'm detoxing my body. I'm That's wearing the mask. I'm keeping okay. the, you know, the social distancing. Uh, it, it gets a little boring at times, but because I record music, I'm I'm writing my elements sitting at home alone. So, right, right. Well, well. I hope you're doing well. I, I believe everybody's doing well. So, thank you again. And let's talk about now. You've got now the um, love makes it better. Is that brand new? Well, it's not brand new. I released it on my CD about two years ago. 
but I wrote this song back in the 80s. Matter of fact, while I was just about joining Maurice Williams, but I redid it because it was just such a great song as far as I was concerned. And it's still fairly new because I've only put it on YouTube. I haven't really physically released it in social media, but I do have it on my CD, uh, Back on the Grind. Right. Well, well, I hope you don't hate me. The song I chose to play is You Don't Have to Be a Star because I love it and I think it sounds really (laughs) cool. So I hope you don't mind we picked that one. So how did you go right in? You got to tell us how you wound up with Maurice and then went over to uh, the chairman of the board. How did this happen? Well, this is a long story, but um, and back in 1981 through 83, I had a group called Living Color. Hmm. And uh, it, it was a free girl act, Living Color, not the country group. But um, we were we were gigging during the disco era, and disco kind of ran out. And we were playing in, um, in Greenville, South Carolina, at the convention center with Maurice Williams and the Zodiacs and Living Color, the Tams and stuff like that. Oh, wow. And Maurice, you know, I was I could sing real high back then. So Maurice has said to the bass player, which is Kenneth Marsh, which plays with me now in the new group, he said, who's that big old, big-eyed, big-eyed high-singing guy right there? Yeah, yeah you're big <laughs> to it, be singing. You're big to sing so high. You really are a yeah. big guy. <laughs> You think you'd be doing, you, you think at your size you'd be doing bass. <laughs> I, hey, I don't sing up there anymore, but back in the day I did. I mean, I used to yeah. sing higher than the girls. But Maurice, wow. um, um, disco was phasing out, and Maurice gave me a call to see if I wanted to join him. And to be, be honest, I was kind of apprehensive joining a, such a star. But I got with the group, and eventually he gave me the high part to sing. He, oh, uh, that stuff up there. He's had plenty of people to sing that part, but they always get burnt out. So I've been with Maurice. I've been with Maurice since 1984, 85, off and on. Maurice is like a he's my mentor. He's like my stepdad. He's my best friend. You people really don't know about Maurice how good his heart is. He doesn't talk about the things that he does. But Maurice, still today, he and I and his wife are very good friends. So then I left. I left. I left them. You know, to be honest with you, to make the story good, I had a few run-ins with the law. You know, I'm not ashamed of it because I learned from it. And I kept yeah. going in, in and out of jail and missing gigs with Maurice. So they ended up hiring other people and they ended up with the great Fred. They ended up with the great Fred Manga, probably most popular besides Shane singing the high part, but Fred has passed. So when I got out and uh, got stable, I was kind of in retirement. And um, This was at the same time that General Johnson got sick. And the, and the chairman was getting ready to reform, and Ken Knox called me, and I went in and filled in. And I had to front the band, and I was, you know, I was in retirement. I couldn't play that well anymore. I hadn't been singing, but they trusted me enough to come out and, and do the job until we got other people to take over the lead vocals in the band. But I was singing back back up with the chairman and fronting for the executives, and then of course, um, missing gigs here and there. You know, Ken Knox had had to replace me. But they always called me back. If I lost a job, it was my own doing. It wasn't because of my ability, you know. You know, I'm not the best in anything, but I do a lot of things very well. But my main thing is I front real well. I can I can entertain a crowd, and that's right. my that's my that's my asset. So hey, I went from chairman of the board to um I don't even know what the name of the group of uh, Summer Days Band here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Then they disbanded, and um. Uh, and lately, all I've been doing, all during that time, I've been recording music. You know, I, that's my, nice. my strength. I like, I like to record, and I love to do cover songs. 
Because these so the reason why I do a lot of covers is for one thing, don't waste a lot of my original songs on YouTube, but also these songs that I always wanted to do before I died. And um, that's what I'm trying to do now. Right. And you know what? I've got I've got that kind of death wish too. I I want to do something like all my favorite covers. I want to do myself before I die too. It's so funny yeah. that you said that. It's so yeah, funny believe, it, said that. believe it or not, I'm a big band fa- favorite. I like the old movie with the with the Benny Goodmans and the Glenn Miller. Oh yeah. And, right. I, and, I, and I just re- just recently uh, did a big band song that's on YouTube, but we'll talk about that another time. Oh, we can talk about it whenever you want, hon. You know, whenever you want. <laughs> yeah. So, so now is is Maurice still out there playing or no? No, Maurice is Maurice has been in retirement for the last about three years. I mean, I, I you know, doing it as long as he has done it, I'm sure he still wants to go out there and do it. Right. But you know, his his wife says these are the golden years. It's time to enjoy it. But it's really hard as it, it's hard as an entertainer to get out of it. But uh, he's 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 still alive. He still yeah. writes. As a matter of fact, I got a gospel song I'm working on his right now. But okay. uh, he's doing he's doing all right. And that's about all I can say about him. <laughs> and now, what about and what about you? What what are we doing now? Are you out there now, or are you just working in the studio? Well, yeah, well, mainly in the studio. But I have a group um, of former members of the channel of the board and um, oh. Maurice Maurice Williams, the bass player Kenneth Marsh, that wrote the song um, "Back to the Beach" for Danny Woods. Melvin oh, wow. Pee Wee Smith, that is a Zodiac. He, they got, we have a group together. And uh, fortunately, when we get ready to come back out, the coronavirus hit and canceled all our gigs. <laughs> We're hearing that with all our guests, unfortunately. Everybody had something lined up, and it's done. I mean, look at it. We got a cancer. Easter, come on. You know? <laughs> how, about, how about that? How about that? <laughs> you know, that's, that's never happened in any anybody's lifetime that I know of, anyway. But, uh, yeah, but I, like I said, I was, John, I don't know if you heard before, uh, um, Ron had sent me a couple of songs, and I had to pick one of my favorites. I hope you don't mind. I picked, uh, I picked. Uh, you don't have to be a star because I love that song. That's uh, oh, yeah. I do that's too. Cool. That's a, I love it. That's a great Billy song. Billy Davis and Marilyn McCoo, yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Right, right. No, and who's, you... the, who's the girl singing on the song with you? Oh, that believe it or not, oh, I sent you that version with the girl. That is yeah. my. That's my baby sister. Her name yeah. is Gaji wow. G- G- Gill. Yes, and uh, she, uh, you know, it was funny because we didn't know she sang, but she, <laughs> she, put, my grandmother died. She, she posted something about her singing about my grandmother, and I said, wait a minute, this girl can sing. So yeah, I called like, her. Up and said, <laughs> she oh, definitely yeah, laid it down. She definitely laid it down in the song. That's for sure. So uh-huh. now, okay. So now you're in the studio, and before everything was canceled, where where were you going going to be uh, performing at that people would have known? What, uh, do you have any idea when you're rescheduled for, or no? That's well, uh, well, you're in New Jersey, so it would you know down here it's called beach music. So we would get ready to play at a couple of places like in Waxhaw, Marshville, Monroe, and stuff like that, and probably a couple of places in Charlotte. We were right, just now, now right? We the just now getting ready to come back. Yeah, we were just getting ready to come back out because we've been rehearsed woodshedding for about four months. And we're ready. We got a good group because all of us, Melvin Smith, Pee Wee, and uh, Kenny March, we all singers, but and we all know each other well from the Zodiac. So we got 35 years of experience with each other. So it's it's really a blessing to be with these guys. 
Right. I got to ask you, how big is Pee Wee? <laughs> just, just use use the name and imagine. That's Pee Wee. <laughs> well, that's what I'm not sure, because Pee Wee sometimes could be a huge person, you know. This, so. this, hey, this is a little thin man that's probably one of the best drummers on the East Coast, believe it or not. But he yeah. just straight up think he's a heck of a songwriter and a singer. One of the best singers we got. Yeah, are you still pl- you still playing guitar and writing yourself, or or no, just uh, doing the studio stuff, getting ready to get out there and doing the covers? No, I play guitar on stage, but um, part of my story is 2013. I fell backwards in the street and was totally paralyzed for 25 minutes. Oh, oh my god! My, yeah, oh yeah, this is a true story. So when my feelings came back, I still have numbness between, from both from my shoulders down to my fingertips and both arms. Now I'm probably I'm probably 60% of a musician as I used to be as far as the guitar is concerned. But now, when, did play, when, did, when did that happen, Ron? 2013. Wow. Wow. I never was able, I couldn't afford to rehab, but still I can still play, but I can't play like I used to. So I'm old enough to know to stay in my lane. I can still get the job done. You yeah. know, so I, I play on. I play. Thank God you're okay. Oh, yeah, I play guitar on stage, but if you listen to most of my tracks on YouTube, you won't hear any guitar. So that's just simply telling you they're really not finished yet. So if anybody downloads, they're not getting the real version. <laughs> right, right. That's funny. So how old were you when you when you started singing in groups? And, and how many kids were in your family? I'm curious. And were they singers, too? Good story. I got, I got four siblings, one brother, three siblings. Well, with by my dad and my mom, three sisters, and living in that household. Gaji is my baby sister. She was born down here. But my yeah. dad is an old my dad is an old doo whopper. This is the story you need to tell. His name is Ron Henderson Senior, and he yeah. taught me everything. I used to I was raised watching him rehearse in D.C. and he had the group called uh, the, Tr- the original True Tones, and his big hit, hit back then was um, Singing Waters by the True Tones on Felstead Records. Oh and wow. Then he had, yeah, he had, a, he had a hit song on Chelsea label back in 77 when him and Rick Springfield was bringing that label back, but then that label went bankrupt. Of course, Rick Springfield was in um, uh, uh, General Hospital, so he, he got picked up, and my dad, went, my dad, they fell on my dad, but that song went number 39 with a bullet and beat Billboard. So my wow. dad is still, he's still writing songs. He's in better shape than I am. And uh, he's he's got some old stuff out there that people are trying to put back out. Matter of fact, I believe he's got a deal going on with Japan right now. But I, I owe him everything. I learned the music from him. Wow. I got to ask you about Maurice. Did he ever regret letting other people sing uh, the most popular songs that were ever written? <laughs> Little you know what? And you know, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Let me be easy. We ask Maurice that all. We ask Maurice that all the time, and you know what he says? He, he says "cha-ching." <laughs> right, right, right. As long as it's not "cha-chong," let's say "cha-ching." Cha-ching. That means money yeah. in the bank, baby. He's, exactly. Hey, he is not a. He is. Look at you know what they say. Imitation is the, is the best part of life. You know, people try yeah. to do your stuff. That is the best compliment in the world, and he has no problem with that at all. 
Right, right. Now, you were saying now you had three sisters, so, and you sang around the house. Did anybody else go music career as well, or, or just you took it really seriously? I'm sure they sang all the time, but the, were you the only one that took it seriously and followed through with it? Well, not not in my, my media family. Not my, none of my sisters or my brother, but my oldest sister, she was the best singer in the family. But my, but my brother's baby girl is a musician in D.C., She's getting a lot of um a lot of publicity right now. Her name is Jenna Camille Henderson. Oh. So she's up there. She's she's following our footsteps, but it's really not our footsteps because she's laying her own trail and I'm really proud of her. Nice, nice. Good for her. Good for her. Good luck. Good luck. So is there anything you want to share with the folks out there in regard to when they can see you? Or are we writing a book? You write you should write a book. A good thing, good point. I am writing a book. Um, my book mainly, I hope I can say this on the air. My book is titled From Asshole to Asset in 90 Days. <laughs> I like that one. That's a great title. Great title. You can say, you can say whatever you want. Yeah, but yes, that's a good title. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I was going to say, what are you basing it on? I'm basing it on the, um, you know, it took me a lot of years to decide, you know, this is this is about saving your life, about putting down the drugs and claiming who I am, but I didn't know what my problem was, you know, I didn't know why I could, I could, could stop but couldn't stay stopped, but I had a lot of um, guilt and shame and regrets and reservations in my life that they were so far buried down that I didn't know how to get to it, so I went into a program in just the first 90 days, all we do is cognitive behavior therapy, developing new habits like going to the museum, the YMCA, uh, 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 yoga, finding out. You can't say you don't like anything if you never tried it. All you can really say is, I've never tried it. So, hey, those 90 days, it changed the way I thought about myself. And because of that change, I was able to, to find the love of music again. I was always recording, but I didn't love what I was doing. And plus being injured, I was worried if I could ever do it again. But I just changed the way that I thought. And it just took, uh, uh, Alfred Adler talks about the 20, it takes about 21 days to develop a habit. And that's true. Once things become a habit, it can become a lifestyle. And my lifestyle changed. And I'm doing a lot of good things. So once, when you get a chance to listen to that uh, Charleston City song, this came from a guy I never met, still haven't never met him, but he's my best friend, he's my benefactor. But he saw what I was doing online, and he saw that I was honorable, and he invested in me. Yeah, I, I did hear it. It sounds great. I love it. I did hear it. So that's the story, and uh, I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> when, you were, when you were in rehab, did you have those guys all singing in there, or, or no, you kept to yourself? No, I never keep to myself. My problem is I talk too much, but when I learn, <laughs> I I love to talk, but I had to learn to listen to. But in prison, yes, I'm a music director. I was in prison and leading a lot of people. And here, you know, in the program, you know, when you, we do programs and I do a lot of singing, or mainly encouraging people. But it's more it's more about people watching you to see. You know how it is. When you get your life together, people waiting for you to fall. You know, right. they just wait for you to fall. But guess what? I ain't fell down in over five years. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you with everything. Joanne? Yeah. Do you want to play the song uh, with uh, Ron that he just sent you? I wanted to get into some music. I feel like a song. How about you, Ron? I feel like one, too. Let's hear it. 
Let's check it out. Here's okay. Ron Henderson.
That's great. I'm telling you, for some reason, he sounds great. Hey, Ron, I got to tell you, I, I love this version much better than the original version. This is right? really fabulous. It's the quality of it. It's really good. Hey, tell us a little bit about the band that's backing you. Is that the studio musicians or is that you, your guys? <laughs> well, guess what, John? That, uh, everything you hear on there, besides Gandhi's lead vocal, is me doing it. You're kidding me. You are kidding me. That is, oh my God, that's absolutely fabulous. Absolutely fabulous, Rob. Oh my God. Well, for for your sister who doesn't like to sing, she sounds damn good. Yes, she is. Very good. Yes, she is. You gotta, you gotta hear her do. uh, Oh, I can't even think of the songs she does on YouTube. But anyway, I'll send me an address. I'll send you a few copies so you can give them away to your people. Oh, nice! Thank you. Ron. Oh, wow! If you, sign, if you sign them, if you sign them, they love that even more. Well, then I'd have to open up the CD. I got to say, you got I'm about eighteen. Yeah, yeah, yes. I got about eighteen song CD, and um, oh, okay, yeah, my God, he does a version of "If I Were Your Woman." Oh my goodness! Ooh. Oh, wow! That's yeah, she song. she kills it. She kills it. But let me say She's this quick before I have to go. I have another singer partner I didn't get to talk about. It. My girlfriend, Sonia Lee, and mm-hmm. uh, she's, the, she's the daughter of the great folk and blues singer, Purposely. And uh, if it don't, yeah, yeah, and she'd be a good interview because he's passed on. And uh, if really, if it, does, if it wasn't for her during the, my struggle times, because she helped pick me up even though I kept letting her down, she carried me through I, until I could carry myself. And now right. she's mad at me. Now she's mad at me because I want to be the one to carry. <laughs> but she's a she's a great singer. She's a great singer. And one day maybe you can interview her. Her she was the only one of the girls in her family that sang with Purvis Lee. Sounds she's great. Yeah. Why don't we talk? We'll talk about that. I'll give you a call. Okay. We'll talk about it. You know, well, that'd be All great. Right. Yeah. right, John? Oh. That'd be great. Right. Oh yeah, that's that's fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have to ask you real quick. What version of "Stay" do you like the better? Who, who, you know, several people have done it. What's, what's your favorite oh, one? You know, that's nobody's ever asked that question. I would have to say the original, but the yeah. one that the one that impacts me the most is probably the one that hasn't been released. Maurice did a uh, one of the, me and Maurice go to the same church, and there was a little boy at the church that. You know, he sang a little bit, and we encouraged him. He always, if he was called on, he would get up. So we thought, hey, we'll get him to sing Stay with Maurice. And Maurice took him in the studio and did Stay, and this little guy sang the high part to it. It's a video video on YouTube on it. I think that's the most impactful one. But the original is always the best. The the Hall of Fame version is always (laughs) the best. Now, have you ever heard Angela Clemens? Give me just a little more time. Oh, have I? Oh, yes, I have. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. Have, have you talked to anybody in the chairman at all? In the no, no, no. Not at all. You're the only one. No. You're the oh, only well, one. I, well, I need to give you Ken Knox's number because he loves doing interviews. Yeah, tell him to give us a call. We'd love to have him on. I sure will. We're uh, currently booking for May. We're, we're totally booked for April, and uh, we're starting to book next uh, next week. So believe it or not, we actually filled May 3rd already. I got a phone call. So 
I took you. <laughs> anyway, but Juan, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it so much. Oh yeah, no, that that hey, it's really my pleasure because you know in these days of time people need something to do, but this was right along my alley because you could tell I love to talk. And let's and, do this again. Uh, <laughs> and, and I, I love that you're doing well. Continue to do so, and let's knock them dead when this uh, virus is over. And uh, you come on back. Amen. I sure will, John. It was nice meeting you. Nice meeting you too, Ron, and, and good luck with everything. You got an excellent voice. The, the band's excellent, and um, your baby sister is going to be a top singer one day. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> all right. Well, Ron, we'll, we'll keep in touch, Ron. Thank you so much. All right, now. You have a good one. God bless. You too. Happy Take care, non- Ron. Bye-bye. Happy Bye-bye. non-Easter. Happy non-Easter. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Goodbye. Take care, Ron. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Oh, what a great guy, huh? Nice guy. I love Absolutely it. amazing. He sent three songs, and I could not resist to play this one, not only because I love that song by Billy Dee and Marilyn Poo, but, I mean, the way he, the feel that he put in it is just totally different. Yeah, this one it was this from the heart. It's yeah, from the heart, it Joanne. Real. Right? It was real. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, it was emotions. It came right. from his heart and soul and everything. It was, it was just, uh, you could you could hear it in the, the song. It was yeah. just beautiful. You could feel it. Yeah, when yeah. a song when you can when you can feel a song like that, you you just know you know that you know this is not something that he he took hours and hours and hours to do. You know what I mean? He just did. No, it, you know it can't. It? He yeah, he did it. it yeah, came, it was probably a first take. Came. It was it was just yep. good. Yeah, and it's funny because I was so, going to ask him if he, if he was doing the background vocals because I could hear it. I could hear it in his voice in yeah. there, and I said, well, yeah. it sounds like a lot of guys. So I wasn't sure, you know, but uh, yeah. yeah, so I think up next we have Dale. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It's either Niehaus, Niehaus, or Newhouse. So I'm not sure. Yeah, so we, we're waiting for not the- waiting for him to come on air. But in yeah. the meantime, so how's how's everything going, Joanne? How are you surviving in uh, New Jersey with this virus? Well, I honestly, Johnny boy, I got to tell you, I am I am so grateful to be working from home now. I, I just felt like I was uh, wherever I went, I I was in a petri dish. You know what I mean? Just waiting to catch it. Yeah. And even, even when I go to the store too, you know, I mean, I I mean, I'm not paranoid about it, but I feel so glad to be shut in with everybody else. You know, it's like. I just felt it wasn't fair that, you know, I signed up for this job years ago. I never knew I'd, I would be considered an ins- an essential employee. I, I didn't sign up for that, but you know what? That's my That's job. That's right, yeah. And I do it, but believe me, I'd much rather be home <clears throat> with my family and not bringing something home to them and getting them sick. I don't care about me. I don't want to get them sick, you know, but uh, – so I'm grateful, very grateful to be working from home. I thank my company Good. for that. Thank you so much. So, and how about you? Well, you got a lot going on. So, I mean, are you even realizing yeah. is this always? <laughs> well, <laughs> well yeah. out here in rural Pennsylvania, um, we don't really see anybody to begin with. <laughs> right, right. If, if you just go go to the store, I had to go to the hardware, the lumber store around here, and it was just so bizarre. They have lines on the floor where you're not supposed to. Uh, 
you know, right. get close to the other person. Some people wearing masks, some people weren't wearing masks, and it's it's just like uh, one of my horror movies. <laughs> you know, I'm living yeah, in. Yeah. Uh, come, it's just, come it's just really bizarre. Come up here, it's it's a real horror movie because that's all you. Yeah, see. No. and it's dead wherever you go. It's dead. I mean, it's it's desolate. It's quiet. It's it's weird. It's it's very freaky, actually. You know, to be you know well, out yeah, the yeah, the stores out here seem to be pretty well stocked. Um, but uh, the one thing we we do miss is that uh, all our Chinese restaurants, all three of them, <laughs> they just shut them down. Like maybe because they can't get supplies anymore, uh, but yeah. they shut them down. But all the other stores are open. If you order, you could take out and everything, and it, it's pretty good. But uh, well, we when, when, like we I said, when... go ahead, honey. I'm sorry. No, we're we're pretty rural out here, so there's not a lot of people right. to begin with. So it 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 hasn't really affected us too much, um, you know, in terms of walking around because you know social distance and you know the nearest house is like hundreds of feet away or you know uh, hundreds of uh, you know like a football field away and you don't see them. Acres <laughs> away, so. acres away, not acres away, acres away. Acres I haven't really been paying attention to Pennsylvania, but uh, is, are the numbers high there with uh, people who are sick or dying? Or I don't think it's as bad. I think New Jersey uh, was hit the worst. No, um, New York. New, you know, York, New York, I think, right? New, well, you know, close to us, you know, we're very close to New Jersey. We, yeah. we we were told that if we cross over the bridge into New Jersey with Pennsylvania plates, that we'll be turned around and you know, sent back home. But that hasn't happened. It happened to one person. If he shot yeah. on sight. Well, the, <laughs> the, the, the sad thing about it is uh, I think it was in New York or New Jersey, some poor uh, dad was taking his uh, little girl to play handball or something, and they arrested him and took him to jail <laughs> for being outside playing ball. Well, it, just for being outside. And what, what's funny is they, they arrest this poor guy, but they're letting convicted criminals out of the prisons so they don't catch the disease. But they, they arrest the poor guy and put him in prison for playing handball. It doesn't make sense. Right. You know, so, right. You know, it, it's all wacky. Everybody's you know gone wacky. Uh, and I still think we're living in the, the first season of The Walking Dead, except uh, they haven't come back to life yet, the dead people. So I'm just waiting on that to happen. Oh, my God. So I wanted to ask you, uh, I'm curious to know what people out there and you um, and, and uh, you know, whoever's listening, what are you guys doing for Easter? So we had a little thing. I, I hear, oh, I'm going to get the ham so we can go over to my in-law's house to have Easter dinner. I said, are you crazy? I said, we're not going anywhere. Are you, we're getting that ham and we're going to eat it here. I said, and we'll make a plate and we'll drop it off. I said, but... We are not getting together with anybody. That defeats the whole purpose of everything. I mean, that's what I want to do. What are you doing? Or what do you know people are doing? And if anybody wants to call yeah. in and say what they're doing, I'd like to know. Six four six four seven eight zero nine nine nine. How people are going to celebrate Easter? You know, what what do you guys have going yeah. on? You know, obviously going to your sons or what? <laughs> well, no, uh, our son actually stopped by to visit us today. He, He's worried about us, so he brought us some food. He's able to get uh, online shopping that they deliver to his house. But he's funny. He comes up, and he pulls into our driveway. You know, it's over a 1,000 feet long, so we, we hear him coming up. 
<laughs> and he wouldn't come more than 20 feet in uh, you know in front of us. He was staying back. So uh, right. that, that was kind of weird, you know. So I, I felt bad he came all that way from New Jersey to here, and we couldn't even spend time. I, I think we right. may have uh, Dale on the phone. Let's, let's see. Oh, this is Dale. Hey, Dale, is that you? Yeah, Dale? sorry, I'm running a few minutes behind. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, hey, Dale. We can hear you How great. You? Thanks, Dale. Oh, no problem. I was running a few minutes behind at Walmart, so I apologize that I'm running a few minutes behind everybody. <laughs> well, well, tell, us about, tell us about Walmart, where you are. How's yeah, the Walmart there? Walmart. The people would... Tell us about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, Walmart was actually pretty uh, pretty dead. Of course, they closed at uh, 8.30, I think, so I think they're slowing down for the night pretty much. And you're, you're in Oklahoma, right? Yes, yes. Uh, actually, in uh, Norman, Oklahoma, actually, uh, we're uh, the same city that uh, they have OU, uh, University of Oklahoma. Oh, cool. So it's pretty much, uh, we were just talking about the virus before you got on, uh, so it's pretty much normal life other than things closed early over there? Mm-hmm. Or? Um, no, they, um, there's stuff that, um, closes down early. In fact, there's a lot of local businesses that are shut down right now. And unless you're going to the grocery or if you're actually working like, um, a regular job or you are doing like the delivery services after 5 PM, they prefer everybody to kind of be in their homes. Um, so I kind of was out a little later, but um, I was just getting a few things at Walmart from the store and then going back home right now. So it actually worked right. out really good. Well, great, great. Well, Dale, you got to help me out with something uh, before sure. I announce you. Uh, is it Knee House, Nye House, or Nye, oh, how nope. do you pronounce that? You got, got it new right. Knee, you, Knee House was the correct pronunciation. You got it right on the bat. All right. Dale Knee House, actor, singer, voiceover artist, um, Everything but the kitchen sink is what I said when I posted it, because you do just about everything. <laughs> yeah, the the singing part's not professional. It's just karaoke, so it's not the greatest, but it's more for fun. <laughs> yeah, but you've been in a lot of movies. Uh, you've, the most recent one was Awake, right? And uh, Sleeping yeah. in Classic and Hunter. Um, yeah, um the, uh, the the Hunting Jessica thing is actually still in produ- production, but um, it's going to... Um, not sure what streaming services, but it's going to be on DVD. And it should, my director was informing me right, if things work out right, it should be fall or winter of this year that it should be released. And now are you just acting in that or are you more involved in that? Oh, no, I'm actually acting. Um, I mean, she, she's, uh, that's pretty much my, my main role in there, just acting. And uh, it's, uh, mine's a, uh, a spoiler character, so it's kind of a mystery character right now, so. Yeah, tell us about the series. What, what is it called again? It's uh, Hunting uh, Jessica. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. We're Hunting Jessica. You got it right. Um, yeah, it's it's called Hunting Jessica. Um, basically, it's um, it's kind of um, the fans of True Blood. Will, I think will really like this because it kind of goes along this the kind of along those lines, but a little different. Um, it's basically about another uh, small town um, uh, a girl that's actually the lead. Her name is Jessica, and she works for this local company and um, basically just thinks that, you know, it's everyday life, you know, uh, and then she realizes that her world is about to, like, explode, like, growth-wise and become bigger than what she imagined. There's mm-hmm. aspects that she didn't realize, supernatural aspects she didn't realize she was a part of, and it's kind of 
really cool because it um, it goes away. It's kind of a mix between supernatural action, drama. Um, there's a little steamy action in some parts, you know, kind of like True Blood. And um, it'll definitely, uh, fans of the series of that and just of any supernatural series will, um, I think, will truly enjoy this show when it comes out. Uh, is it an ongoing role for you or just a, uh, a couple of episodes? It's, it's um, we'll just put it this way. Hopefully, hopefully it's ongoing, but um, I can't, I can't even express more than that. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So, and, do you have anything? What, what's um, what would you say was the biggest or best movie that you've worked on? You've worked on some big ones. <clears throat> hmm. Biggest and best. Okay. Um. Well, I'd say that. Because a lot of the bigger films I was in, um, those were just uh, kind of background, so I didn't really have a lot of like um, major involvement in those, um, like Awake and different things. But um, those. But you enjoyed biggest... them. Were... Oh no, I I absolutely I absolutely enjoyed being on Awake. Uh, I actually got to um, when I was uh, the, the scene that I was backgrounding. I actually got to hide around the corner with uh, with John, the the actual lead of that film, and. Uh, mm. Got to actually talk to him about his his time when he lived in Ireland and now that he lives out in America and everything else. It was a really good experience. Right, right. So, what, you have any upcoming uh, projects that you uh, want to talk about? Uh yes, actually, um, there is one that I'm really excited about. It's just a fan. It's a fan film, but um, it has the potential uh, to really. I think a lot of people are going to get a kick out of it. It's uh, mm-hmm. called Freddy versus Jason Dreamscape. Oh wow. Um, yeah, it's uh, basically it's taking place um, while Freddie and Jason are in hell, and it's just, it's basically about Freddie um, kind of getting involved and um, having some real life people actually bring Jason to life by mistake, and it's kind of a turmoil between Jason and Freddie and that, like the Freddie versus Jason that came out. But I'm thinking this one. Nothing, nothing against that one that came out, but I think this one's going to probably be a lot better than that, and that's just my personal opinion. John, this is in your wheelhouse, son. You know, What's that? They, uh, Dale, you you go to all the different conventions um, to to promote your um, movies too. I honestly haven't. Like I said, um, a lot of the stuff I've done in the last four years, um, it's kind of been building up to where I'm at now, so. It's kind of just started to blow up, to be honest. Uh, before now, it's been um, like I've done a lot of student films, uh, been background on a lot. So I haven't been to a lot of conventions yet, but I got a feeling once Hunting Jessica comes out and it blows up and this other stuff, then I'll probably will be definitely going to a lot of conventions. Uh, probably I see this next year for sure. Uh, how did how did you get involved with acting? How did how did you start out? Did you start out in uh, school, or did you just have that bug that bit you that you had to get into acting? Um, well, um, it really didn't start for me until my mid thirties. But honestly, um, I was as a kid. I, I was in a couple of plays in elementary school, but um, back then I had a severe fear of being in front of people talking, um, and so it wasn't like deliberating. Uh, was it, I I would do it, but it was still like a very irritating to me. Uh, but uh, it had always been a dream of mine as a kid. But um, growing up in Southern Indiana, I didn't really have much options. And so when I moved to Oklahoma uh, back in 2015, um, I had seen a local 
uh, play production uh, that they were holding auditions for at the library. And so I decided, you know, why not? It can't hurt anything. I need to step out of my fear zone and step in front of people, whatever. So I went and auditioned for that and actually got a small role in that. And just like that, uh, the acting bug bit me in my mid-30s. It was kind of strange how it happened. <laughs> yeah, well, once you get that, that bite, it doesn't go away. you got to keep going and going and going. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Well, you, exactly. Where does that? Where's Hunting Jessica filmed? Because since you're out in Oklahoma, where do they film that? Um, it's actually up in a small little town up almost near the Kansas border. It's called uh, up in Newkirk, um, mm. Oklahoma. It's a really a really quaint little town. Um, I actually enjoyed when I have been up there filming. Um, it's the name of the town in the show is called Devil's Bend. It's just a fictional town, um, but. It's just filming right up there. Um, right now, obviously, everything's on hold because of the coronavirus. But um, right. I'm pretty much done filming my stuff for season one. And there's still some cast members like the, the lead, the two leads, and the others that haven't finished yet. But it should hopefully, if if things work right, the middle of May, when all this hopefully clears up, then they'll be able to finish up production and then start editing. Cool. Now, who's yeah. behind Freddie and Jason? Who's who's uh, producing that? Who's who's uh, who's producing um, it? What's up with that? Okay, um, that one is being produced uh, by a couple. Uh, the the main the main guy that's being executive producer on it, his name is Blake Best. He um, has written several um, books on Freddie. Uh, he actually has a lot of memorabilia that he's been to a lot of conventions. He um, he actually owns. Um, the, the extended arms, I guess, in, was it Freddy 3, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, where his arms extend down the hallway, um, he actually uh, has those. And occasionally, like when he goes to uh, conventions, he will actually bring them out and show them to people. Um, but one, um, who wrote that? I'll have to look up the name later on because um, I cannot remember his last name for the life of me right now. His name is Josh. He's actually one that wrote the script. Um yeah. But he ended up uh, talking, meeting Blake at one of the conventions, and after a while, they talked on Facebook, and Blake really liked his script. And um, another gentleman who also is helping to direct it, um, his name is uh, Cody Huskins. He actually is – he owns an actual put-together full Jason outfit, and he's played um, uh, Jason as cosplay at different conventions, and he's actually the one directing this, and so, and then Josh is playing Freddy, and he actually, they actually have an actual mask that was um, used, I believe in the original Nightmare on Elm Street, it's actually one that fits onto the face, and he actually looks like Freddy in that, and um, so it's, they're making it, they're actually, it's a fan film, so they're Raising the funds through, um, I want to say, uh, crowdfunding, I believe, Indiegogo, I think is what they're using. And they are, um, they've raised quite a bit, over 24% so far they've raised. They're trying to get to 20, 20-something thousand, I believe. And then since it's a fan film, they're not making a profit off it. So obviously they can use the names Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger, and it's just the money is just going straight into – if I'm correct on that, fan films, they can't make any profit to where they're making money off of it, but the film, the funding goes back into donated into another project. So it's, um, which there will be another one, but it's going to be based off of Freddy's beginnings. And wow. so, yeah, okay. these guys have a lot of drive. 
Well, I have a question for the both you and John. Okay. Since you both are dabbling in the same type of movies and 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 where you are with them, John, yeah. how do you go about getting your actors and and Dale, how do you go yeah. about finding these roles? <laughs> I, it's oh, funny. I, I, I get my. It's yeah. funny because I've been involved with these type of movies, B movies, for like the last thirty years, and it just dawned on me. How do you guys hook up? John, if you want to go well, ahead first, the way, go for it. Yeah, yeah John's a director, well, I, by I, the way. Yeah, John's a director, by the way, Dale, of movies. Okay. So. You know, I belong to a couple of these casting outfits online, um, you know, casting dead uh, or something like that, and I get some people mm-hmm. from there, but uh, you have to be careful with those people because you don't know what you're getting, um, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I kind of work with people that I know, and they recommend their friends or actors, yeah. and uh, then I try to build up a, a small group of people who I can trust, and as you you know, Dale, when you're working with, uh, like, low-budget actors, uh, they could be flaky at times, so you got to, you know, mm-hmm. work with them, and, and if you trust yeah. them and they're responsible, they show up, you use them again, and that's how I, I get yes. them. It's mainly from recommendations from other uh, directors and from past experience working with these people. All right, yes. so now, Dale, Dale, now in the middle of Oklahoma, how do you find these movies <laughs> to, to audition for? Well, um, it's, it's from a variety of different things. Um, I've, I've found some, um, some of the roles through – I have an agent in Oklahoma, and I have also have an agent in Texas um, – I found some of my roles from them, um, but obviously with, with having an agent, you audition for them sometimes, and the bigger projects, there's so many people competing for those that a lot of times it's, it's like the famine out there. But a lot of these projects like Hunting Jessica, the, the Freddy versus Jason, it's been um, from people that I know in the acting community, even locally, or even um, like I networked. There was a, a lady that I had networked in Illinois, and she had been involved. Um, she had seen this casting for Freddy versus Jason and had told me about uh, who to get in contact with. And so I did that through Messenger and expressed my interest to audition. Uh, they had two other roles left that were open, and so I sent in a video audition to them directly. And they loved it so much they offered me the bigger of the two roles. The um, – the Hunting Jessica one, a friend of mine, a local actor as well, had uh, – and they had posted it online, and he had told me about the project. And so I had contacted the director personally. Uh, that was the basic way. She wasn't going through agents and told her my interest in auditioning. So she had me just do like a little self-tape of myself, just nothing major. And her and the author of the book series, who it's based off of, the hunting series, uh, her name is Elizabeth St. John. She also lives in Oklahoma. Um, mm-hmm. They loved my look so much, and they had looked on my acting profile and everything else that they thought that my particular look was perfect for the role that I was offered, and it worked out perfectly like that. But that's – honestly, it's a mix of my agents, but honestly, it's a lot of my networking on Facebook, word of mouth. And I just and, and it's also people that I've worked with before that were small at the time, and now there's some of them that have moved on to L.A. Mm-hmm. and they have contacts and they've seen my work and they're like, hey, this guy right here is dependable. 
hardworking and gets along with anybody. And it's just been word of mouth more than anything and networking on social media. That's how I found a lot of my stuff. And you also do voiceovers and, and uh, cartoon characters. <laughs> Any cartoon characters we would know? Um, yeah, there's there's probably a few. Like, um, <clears throat> I'm going to see if I can do it because my voice is a little raspy today. Ooh, but um, let's we'll see if I can. Let me see if I can. Uh, I can do uh, Cobra Commander, actually. Um, so I'll see if I can do that real quick. Um, <clears throat> Greetings, G.I. Joes. Welcome to Cobra. If you're defying me, I'll send Destro all over you. Uh, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yeah, that one, that one, if I do it too much in a row, my throat easily hurts for about two days. So I did, um, it was a small YouTube series from a buddy where he had the, the cartoon videos of G.I. Joe and dubbed it over with us talking, like doing the characters. And so, I did like six of those, and uh, I I did two of them in one day, and then afterwards I was talking like this. So you know I kind of had to stop. <laughs> cool. So it's it's fun. It's fun. I can do a few different ones, but um, but that's probably the one that people get the biggest kick out of is when I change the pitch of my voice to this to talking like this or something like that. You know. Right. Now, in, in <laughs> Oklahoma, you're in Oklahoma. What's the furthest you've been to? Uh, to go on an audition or film a, a set. I'm, I'm, I'm just having a hard time grasping that mm. there, there is movie making and, and actors in, you know, like flourishing in Oklahoma. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Only because I'm no. on the East Coast and, you know, mostly the, the left and, and right coast is what <laughs> where, where it's happening. You know what I mean? Well, of course. No, I don't mind answering at all. Um, the furthest I've went, um, I've went – all the way down, which it's not far, far, I guess. I went down to Austin to audition several times, and that was – that's like a six-hour trip. Um, and that was where I went and auditioned for 30 minutes and drove straight back to Norman, uh, which was horrendous, but I, it was worth it uh, because one of them was almost um, – I didn't get it, but I did go back for a callback for a national uh, credit card commercial, which was pretty cool. Um, and then I've also driven to um, – it was a uh, a film that was being made. It was a horror sci-fi called Hunter A that has not finished yet, but that was in Tinsley Park, Illinois, which is right near Chicago. I drove straight there, filmed for a couple days, and then drove straight back to Oklahoma. So that's probably the furthest I've driven so far. But the Freddy vs. Jason one that I've got to do, which will be probably – as soon as this is over with, they're wanting to start on it. That's going to be in Knoxville, Tennessee. And so I'm getting paid for travel, and I'm getting paid for the role, and, of course, getting boarded up and food. So, But that's probably going to be the furthest. And then I have another filmmaker who's uh, started casting some bigger names in a film project, and he lives in Las Vegas. And so his projects, I think, are going to be in L.A. too. So it's starting to expand. I was going to ask you, have you ever done the New York, uh, L.A. thing, trying to get gigs? Um, there has been some projects that I have um, submitted for that they were actually doing video auditions for uh, one in L.A. And that one particular I didn't get. It was a, it was, it was a long shot. I mean, it was more for an established, like, uh, A-list actor, but they still had me audition for it, and it at least got me on the radar of that casting director, so it was actually kind of nice. But I haven't had a chance to physically go out and audition in L.A. yet, but I have a film that's probably going to come up here sometime this year, I'm sure. 
Cool. Hey Dale, let me ask you the question. Uh, did you join sure, SAG? Did you have, did you have to join SAG? I have not. I haven't. Uh, in see, with me so far, um, I haven't gotten onto a SAG project. I have a speaking line yet, uh, sadly, but it's probably coming up. So I haven't even got the SAG eligibility yet. Uh, that's something I'm well, looking I, for. So no luck. Yeah. Well, let me. Can I give you some advice on that? Um, Please try and to. Yeah, try not to join it as quickly as most people do because uh, it, it'll it stop you from acting in any type of low-budget type of film that could yes, possibly, you know, uh, move you forward because a couple of the actors that I worked with, they were so, uh, you know, hip on joining SAG that once they joined SAG, they never worked again. They never had another movie role. They may do a little uh, part, you know, like in a commercial That's in actually- the background, you know, why is that, John? Why is that? Well, there's so many people that belong to SAG and not that many uh, roles. And it's a full paid, you know, day pay they get. Uh, I think it's like 700 or something dollars they get. Mm-hmm. So um, once you join SAG, uh, you can't act in another movie unless you get a SAG waiver. And your director's not yes. going to pay, you know, a hundred something bucks to have you act when they get someone who'll do it for nothing, you know. So I would stay yeah, away from SAG so. until you're actually at the point where you see something in the future where you're going to be making a lot of money because it'll basically yes. end your career. That's what I've been informed with, and uh, I wasn't planning on joining SAG until it got to the Good. point to where either I had to at, be forced to or there was a project, let's say if it was acting alongside in a big feature with Tom Hanks or, or Matt Damon or something, that might change exactly. that. Yeah, until I have, because especially Oklahoma, it, it, the, the state it is, it's non-union, and a lot of the projects here. Now, there are some SAG films that come that, um, or even non-SAG that will allow SAG workers to be in them, but it's also, like you said, they have to do a waiver. So, yeah, that's... Yeah. Something I'm going to avoid to do until absolutely necessary. Yeah. Exactly. It's very smart. Very smart. That's yes. Good. Well, uh, <laughs> Dale, where can folks find out about you? So, oh, and tell us about the um, good things. Oh, where did it go? Hold on. Hold on. You and I were talking about it. Uh, <laughs> it's called uh, Helping Others is the Greatest. What is that? Help. I wrote it very small. Helpingothersisthegreatest.com. What is that? Okay, that actually is my um, Instagram tag, and that's the reason I chose that. It's uh, it's it's. I mean, it's something once you hear, it, it's you know helping others is the greatest. It's like, well, that's interesting. Why would you choose that? It makes you think. The reason I chose that for my tag for Instagram is because that's the motto I live by. Um, I truly yeah. believe in my heart that helping others is the greatest, and yeah. even in this industry, um, if I notice somebody that is brand new that's never acted in their life that is trying to get their name out there. If, especially a, a student filmmaker, if they're making a film and they are trying to find people to act in it. And in my opinion, if it's especially number one, if it's somebody that I see is really struggling to try to get their name out there, but also if they have a script that's really good, then I will volunteer my time to help that person get going because that's what a lot of people did for me. Nice. And plus my grandmother, who still is with us, um, she's 95, and she still is raising hell like she usually does. Um, she, <laughs> she, she, 
she raised, installed in me um, the ethic of helping others um, because she was the type that even if she was down to her last can of beef stew, she would give that to a stranger that was starving or she would give the shirt off her back. And she was known as the, the purse lady at the local craft shows because she made her own denim purses and everybody remembered her. And she was just one of the most giving, caring, loving individuals that ever met. And she was like a second mom to me. So that's kind of where I got that from. Nice. Well, nice. Dale, let me, nice. let me tell you this thing. Uh, most people in the, uh, the, the field of uh, the movie field aren't as nice as you are and or as Aww. nice as I am. And I, 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 I like to try to help you know, beginning filmmakers. And there's so many people who you have the answers, but won't they tell you? They won't. They won't share it. What, what's going on? They they, yeah. they don't want to give anything away. And I don't. I don't understand it. It just makes everybody better I, off if you share everything. No. I, I can't figure it out for the life of me. I I don't either. In in my opinion, and this is this goes for local and for global um, filmmaking itself. The only way we're all going to get better is if we work together as a team. And if you're sitting there trying constantly to hold your information and not teach others and to not help others get, you know, do better, then we're never going to improve as a society or because you never know if somebody from the small town in Mississippi or a small town in Indiana might have the next Tom Hanks or Tom Cruise. But if you're not willing to try to help that person, to get somewhere or network, then you may just lost out on the next best thing that could really entertain the world. Right. Yeah, and it has to go with the people's egos. They're so egotistical, yeah. you know, they don't want anyone to outshine them. And it's like, come on, guys, you know, there's room for everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, yeah, that, that's what that's what drives me nuts too. Because, like, I've had I've had local actors where I'm from. That and I'm not going to mention names because I don't do that because I that's yeah um, that have put down actors that have acted for five or six years or even ten years and saying don't do background work you're above that and I'm like no that's not true because if you get that mentality that once you get to a certain point that you're better than everybody else you don't need to learn anything else well you're sabotaging yourself because there exactly. is nothing wrong with an established because let's say if you're out of work from a big project for five months. And there's projects coming to town, and it may not pay the best, but let's say it's some background work, and you're not being seen on camera, but you're still being on set. You're networking. You're continuing your, your working those memory muscles out. You're not hurting anybody else. So in my opinion, you're not better than anybody else, and I've always admired, like, John Reese Myers. I believe that was the actor that was in Awake, the, the, the lead actor. Um, he went up after every scene. Every shoot, like whenever we were done, the background, and we went back to holding, he shook the hand of every extra, of every crew member, of everybody in catering. He said, thank you very much for being out here today. And that right there earned my respect to that man. Oh, definitely. That That's a, a good person. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, Dale, where can everybody find you uh, on the Internet? You got the um, – well, um, we got yeah. making making others, helping others. I'm sorry, I wrote this so small. Helping <laughs> others okay. is the greatest. Is that a dot com um, or is that just Instagram? That's that's Instagram. That's my my tag on there. That's what I go by. Um, so that's on Instagram, which I 
need to start using that more. Um, I'm I'm on Facebook a lot, um, and on Facebook it's um, Dale A is an Alpha, and then my last name Niehaus. Um, that's my Facebook uh, page. All right. And then um, on IMDb, it's just my first and last name, Dale Niehaus. It's real easy, and it's real easy to see me because my picture is. I think that's where I'm wearing a green flannel shirt. Um, I don't know if it's green, but it's definitely flannel. Okay. Well, that's I, no, no. That's, to me, I can't see. I'm blind. Don't worry. Oh, about it. oh, okay, okay. Well, <laughs> you know what? Some people may see green and think it's pink. I don't know, but no, no, no. <laughs> I, don't, I can't see. You kidding me? I can't even read what I wrote. You expect me? I can't see anything. <laughs> okay. Well. It, it could be. At one time, there was, uh, and on the pictures on there too, it's. Um, yeah, there's a lot of me pictures, wearing, nice pictures. Yes. Yeah, I think one of them is where I'm, I got the cigar too, because that was a, a fun photo shoot I did that day, actually, too. That's a cool <laughs> shot. That's a cool shot. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, the cigar is like so huge, and you're like way in the back. It's a great shot. Well, that's actually funny because. Um, that was right after back in 2018 when I shaved my head. And since that I've been portrayed, uh, people wanted to cast me more as both the good and bad guy. And uh, actually in the hunting Jessica series without giving anything away from my character, mine is kind of a, uh, kind of a bad one in a sense, but it's given off the vibe of like, and I want to play it one of these days so bad as I want to play a mob boss just because I grew up watching the gangster films. Well, <laughs> it, 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 could, it could happen any time. You never know. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. And um, yeah. I, but yeah. All right. Well, Dale, thank you so much for joining us. I really enjoyed speaking sure. with you and getting to know you, and it's been a pleasure. <laughs> and it was nice to find out things I didn't know in regard to uh, both of you in Trinitarian. <laughs> but uh, well, we look forward to seeing Hunting Jessica and uh, the Freddie and Jason. That's going to be so cool. Absolutely. It was an honor being on. And, and, and sir, I appreciate getting to talk to you, and I would love down the road, um, absolutely, if you're ever looking for an actor, even if, from Oklahoma, I would absolutely be honored to be in one of your projects one day. There you go, guys. Oh, uh, absolutely. I'm, I'm going to send you a friend request on Facebook so we can keep in touch. Excellent. I love that very much, and I will definitely accept it uh, as soon as I see it. And um, it's been an honor, guys. I, I really appreciate it. And I would be glad to come back on any time. Well, yeah, let us know when those stuff when everything's being released. Come back on so we get to let people know when it's going to be out there. Absolutely. Yeah, I want to see I that. Absolutely will. Yeah, come, absolutely, back and, come, back, come back and promote when it's going to air and, and whatnot so people can check it out. Absolutely, and once I find out, too, I'll definitely email you um, for sure on that. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be glad to let you know so that way you can blast it all out there. <laughs> yeah, and if, you, if you'd like, I, um, I'll give John your email and vice versa, Johnny. Yes. So you guys can other than Facebook if you want. So, excellent. Well, Dale, thank you so much. Have a happy non-Easter, and uh, it was great talking to you, and all the best to you, my friend. Thank you very much. Thank and you, you all Dale. have a wonderful night. Thank, Thank you. you. Take care. Be safe. safe. Be safe. Take care. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye now. All right. Bye. Great show. Bye. Great show. All right. I really enjoyed it. That was it. good. Yeah. 
So uh, I want to thank our guests, uh, Ron Henderson from Maurice Williams and the Zodiacs and the chairman of the board and doing his own thing right now, which is great. I can't wait to hear that. And uh, Mr. Dale Niehaus, he's uh, coming at you. He's up and coming, and he's coming at you fast. So let's pay attention to him. And uh, Who's on Sunday, Joanne? Oh, Sunday. Who's on Sunday? We'll hear it real quick. Sunday we weren't on because it's Easter. So now that Easter is canceled, I don't know if (laughs) if anybody has seen my post, but um, I've been posting uh, this really funny comedian for like the past year, and he's got a skit skit that he does with uh, Uncle Vinny and uh, Zia Lucia. And he is hysterical. His name is Anthony Rodia. And he may be coming on Sunday since there's nothing to do on Sunday. So we're going to see about that. And if not, then we have next week is the calendar a mile away as usual. Hold on. Uh, I'm so sorry. Uh, I got to stop doing that. You got to get you a good pair of glasses. Yeah, well, I got my. I turned the light off because my eyes were burning. That's right. <laughs> All right, so Wednesday. Oh yeah, we got uh, Bob Kulick from The Happenings. I can't wait. Oh, and Harry, cool. Harry Elson from the Friends of Disti- from the uh, Friends of Distinction. That's gonna be so cool. Excellent. On, uh, Excellent. On Wednesday. That's right. And then on the nineteenth, we have Barry Pearl from Greece. And we've got Scott Wood. He's a fantastic comedian as well. And by popular demand, Mr. Artie Hoffman, our psychic. Oh, excellent. I can't wait to talk to Artie again. He's going to do the whole show. And then on the 26th, we've got Scott Silverman. He is a, uh, oh, geez, he's he's like a drug uh, rehabilitation. uh, He's, he's, he's. I'll get the full details on him, but he's amazing. I mean, you talk to this guy, he's just, you wouldn't believe what he has to say. And Larry, oh, God, Larry Fall, he's from uh, Friends and uh, uh, Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Yep, yep. And then on the 29th, Norman Fox and Henry Gross. We are totally full. Remember Henry Gross? Wow. Mm, you remember Henry Not really. Gross? Shannon about the dogs, no. the dog song. Shannon is gone. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love yeah, that song. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Yeah, me too. So, John, what do you say? Thanks sure. to our sponsors and play us out with "You Don't Have to Be a Star." Thank you to our sponsors, the High Bar and Beach yeah. in Garfield, New Jersey, Precious Memory Video in Kidnesville, and KWI. Just out there.